Welcome to How to Ruin Your Own Reputation, the show where I talk to people who are living lives that some people just don't understand. With me today is Neil Logic Donaldson. For close to two decades, Neil has been starting conversations about things that some people don't want to talk about, things that can be controversial. But Neil feels, just like I do, that conversation brings understanding, understanding brings community, and we all need a little bit more of that. Neil is a visionary leader, a, an author, a podcast host, and founder of Stolen from Africa. What's that? Let's talk about it. Hello, Neil. Thanks hello, for being hello, here. Marcy. Thank you for having me. It's much pleasure to be here in your space and your energy. Thank you. Oh, we're going to talk about some shit today. Are we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I just, I actually, I want to start by saying I, I find it, I find it really interesting. Yeah. That when you start your vision, when you started Stolen from Africa, wasn't I'm going to start this nationally incorporated nonprofit organization to bring awareness. You started off, it was a, like a clothing apparel campaign. Yeah, it, it almost started by accident. You know, it wasn't really, really planned. The, the, the clothing apparel was kind of just like a uniform for like my, my performances as, as a hip hop artist. At the time, I was studying a lot about my history and colonialism and just really getting educated. And I want to incorporate that language within my music. And, and Soul from Africa was a, a great way to kind of enhance that. It was also a response to just always asking like, where were you from? Saying that I'm from Canada, I'm Canadian was never good enough. It was always like, well, where are you really from? And then, so out of frustration, it would just be, well, stolen from Africa. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so. Was that a conversation starter or stopper? Um. Sometimes it, it would get people to kind of like reflect and to be like, oh, yeah, they didn't really consider the implications of what that could mean. And when there's like an interruption in someone's like history and their timeline of, of identity. So it's really, and then it would start the conversation of like, well, it's really this quest of trying to figure out what that is in the society when there's so much different um, responses, like where do I fit in? Not really seeing the representation of people who look like me within school curriculums general society. So where do we find this? So that's where like the, the quest and the search began. Well, I read that you said that you didn't feel Canadian for a really long time, that you would say Jamaican first. And it took you a long time to feel, yeah. to find that, that Canadian identity. When did that happen? For sure. Um, well, yeah, being raised in a Jamaican household, I was raised also as like a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. So the context of like my culture was like at church or within my, my home. But within the within community, within school, I didn't really see much of that representation. For me, when I really started to feel Canadian was learning about Nova Scotia. So in the east coast of Canada, there is a lot of history, a lot of foundations and and, and just culture. I mean, I'm talking about learning about um, seven generations of Black people who like living in Canada, you know, so as far as they, they're concerned, they're, they're Canadian. Like they're, they, they've been here for several generations going back to like the 1700s and whatnot. So learning about the history and finding that there is like a strong Canadian identity in terms of like black representation in Canada, that really is just Canadian history. Sometimes we have to like kind of classify things because that's just what human beings do. But that was like the, the first time where I really started feeling that I have a, a connection and, and somewhere to be proud of and, and something that has contributed to the identity of, of Canada, including hockey, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. What do you mean? Explain that. What do I mean? So in the East Coast of Canada, there is what was called a Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes. And I always got to stress that it was, it was called the Colored Hockey League because of segregation. Segregation okay. existed in Canada. 
Otherwise, it just would have been fully integrated. It just would have been just a, a hockey league. But within this colored hockey league, this is where I would say like that the fast paced sport of hockey was created, was, was founded, was invented. So when we see the slap shot, the athletic goaltending, all that came were staples of the colored hockey league. They didn't have names for it at the time, but there's like several newspaper clippings that really identify that. So just learning about, wait a minute, mm -hmm. you mean to say that black people actually <laughs> contributed to hockey, Canada's national sport? And wow. the reason why I really focus on this a lot is because when I was younger, growing up in Canada, you know, like we get winter and, you know, I enjoy skating and tobogganing and all the typical stuff that any Canadian kid would be doing. But hockey was something I enjoyed, but it got to a point where I felt like I couldn't play it because I wasn't white. And that was the, 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 the narrative that I was taught because of, of ignorance. I didn't, I didn't know this connection of history. But if I knew that history that I learned later on in my 20s when I was a child, it may have changed a lot of things. Like I, I may have continued hockey, who knows where that would have went. So that's just a simple example of how knowledge is power. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, we know that that in the States, they're having a big issue with critical race theory and they don't want it and all this stuff. And it, I think it's really funny that funny isn't the right word, but yeah. there's this idea that in Canada, we don't have the same issue, that there's no racism in Canada. There was no slavery in Canada. And and I, I think it's better. I, I do think it's, I do think yeah. we feel safer yeah. here than in the States, but to, to, to think that yeah. there's no racism is, is yeah. insane. Now, are we not taught it at all? I, I feel like we're taught more than we are in the um, States, but obviously still lacking hugely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there has been a lot of improvements over the last, I say like, I don't know, like seven years or so well, the Black Lives Matter movement and whatnot brought like a lot of things to the forefront, especially because it was like this international movement in so many different countries. But in terms of like learning about the impacts of racism and and the, the sophistication of it, because it's not just like, okay, well, I don't like you. It shows up in so many different ways. It's as subtle as band-aids, for example. Band-aids are seen as one color complexion. When I go into a store and I buy a band-aid and put on my skin, it, it looks ridiculous. Nowadays, you know, there has been some like improvements of that. So there's different shades because human beings come in different shades. <laughs> I mean, it, it's something so obvious, but it just happens where it's like, okay, this is the standard. And then anything else that does not fit that standard is just, we just put it to the side and just get in where you fit in. So it, it happens from like extreme levels of what we would see in, 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 in America of like the KKK and lynching and things of that nature to like very like subtle aspects of like having to your handing in like a, a resume with like a, a name that's from like another country and they're like yeah we'll we'll call you back me i'm lucky to my my, my name is neil donaldson so on on paper it's uh, it's very interesting until they, they see me in person um but um but in terms of like is it is it better i don't know like you know there, there's always the debate that would i rather someone just tell me straight up that they're racist right. and don't like me or would i want someone kind of give me like a backhanded compliment as as like oh you, you speak pretty pretty well it's like what do you mean I, I speak well i mean like i'm like born in toronto canada i went to the same school what do you mean what is that supposed to right. mean for a black person i don't know so it, it really depends but there, there's 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 still work to be done what's a constant evolution of of education of of intelligence and of dismantling ignorance it's when you say that about the bandits too, it, it really, it, uh, it's so, right. it's so interesting because I remember also color pencil and growing up and there was the skin color one and it was like a right. peachy kind of yes. thing. And you're like, and now, and now yeah. like as a kid, I've seen normal, but now as an adult, I think that's, in, 
vanity. Like that's so weird yeah. that there was one color for skin color. And, and I always say, I said to you earlier when Lori's book, if you did go back, yeah. I feel very fortunate that I grew up with the mother that I did. You yes. taught me and my siblings from a very young age. No one is inferior nor superior to anyone else. They have race, religion, sexual identity, anything. She, she'd Beautiful. say, I don't care. So if you, if, yeah, she said, I don't care I if you pray it. to a tree as long as that makes you a better person. Yes. You know, so there was, that was great. However, well, not however, but I will say, and I really felt like I was anti-racist from the beginning. But I think right. as a good anti-racist person, mm-hmm. you have to recognize and acknowledge that there's so much you don't know. And I think that as I've gotten older, I think that's become more clear to me, especially over the last few years, I realized how much I don't know and how much I can't possibly know unless I do the research, unless I yeah. ask. And that's, and that's why it's so important that I'm so grateful that you're having this conversation because I've said before too, that, that I know over the last few years, there's been a lot of talk about, I've heard a lot on social media. Don't, don't go to your black friends and ask them all your questions. Don't burden them with that. They've got enough on their plate. It's not up to them to educate you. And and I understand that as far as do your own research at the same Mm. time, I do think it's, (laughs) it's helpful to be able to ask. For sure. Because how, how awesome are we going to? learn and evolve and grow yeah well the way how i would put it because I, I like drawing parallels because i think that that's the easiest way for people to really understand it and and have like an emotional connection to it if you're dealing with someone who's experienced trauma you can fill in the blank of whatever that trauma looks like you know it's you have to be mindful right you're not going to go to someone who's experienced a trauma it's like tell me about that traumatic experience and how does it feel you, you see someone who got shot in front of you it's like wow like What's it like to see someone get shot in front of you? It's 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 like it, it, it opens up wounds. It, it's it's well mm-hmm. intended, and this is where we have to be mindful of like intention versus impact. So yes, we all mean well, of course, but now it's like, is this a mindful approach to navigating this this space? So the way how I look at it is really like, and you kind of mentioned it before, like leading up to it, which is yeah, doing your own research, asking certain questions, and especially when it comes to like race or any kind of like oppression, it's like. Yeah, do your own research. And then based on that research, if there's questions, like that would be kind of like a segue to mm. uh, to, to start a conversation with, with, with your, your friend or whoever it is, regardless of, of what the subject matter is. It's like, hey, I was researching this and I came across this and I wanted to get your perspective on this. Like, is this the correct way? And one, as opposed to be like, well, just give me all the answers. Right. It, it, we, it's, it's helpful when, when, when you see people who have actually made sincere efforts and are and are curious like almost like childlike like what's what does this mean like i don't understand but i i really want to and and just that mindfulness so that that has to really like the the, the approach of i don't think like i personally love when people come to me with questions i'm i'm open to to anything because i understand that everybody has a different level of their injury when it comes to consciousness so even if it appears to be ignorance like i rather them come to me than somebody else because they may get a different response but i recognize what it is and and i can see people's intentions but I like to make them aware of the impact as well. That's, you put that perfectly because I think also if you go up to one person, you're sort of making them the, the representative oh for an entire God. whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, how do black do people feel about this? Oh like, how do women feel about this? Yeah. How do gay people, like it's really, right. it's really not fair to put that all on, on a exactly. person. But that's, that's amazing advice is to, yeah. is to do your research, read stuff, watch yeah. stuff, listen to stuff. And then if you have deeper questions, go to somebody who knows more. I think that, I think that absolutely, makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So go, I want you to go back to a bit sure. for, back. with the beginning of, like, let's roll it back yeah. to, with 
with the hip hop going to solve from Africa and how it did go from what you thought it was going to be mm-hmm. to where to what it became. How did what? Yeah. How did it change? I think. I think it would have to go even further back. Like I would like start from like childhood. So my schooling experience was like in French immersion in the eighties. And my experience was like being like the only black kid in my class. So yeah. at a young age, from the age of like five, six years old, like my mom always tells me the story, came home from school one day. And, and I told her that being black is a disappointment. If I was white, things would be easier. Now, a child at the age of five, six to come up with that kind of response conclusion says so much. Like, obviously, at that age, I didn't have um, the, you know, emotional intelligence to, like, really unpack that. But I knew that there there were some, like, different treatments. I made, made some of my peers were getting treated a certain way, and I was getting treated a certain way, and it just didn't really add, it, add up. And just, like, the overall feeling. Didn't feel accepted, feeling isolated, feeling different. My desk was put at the back of the class several times throughout my early school years and these experiences kind of like carry with you so having those foundational experiences made me very much aware now I'll also say that I did have very beautiful experiences with other cultures and whatnot so it wasn't just a totally bad experience but that's where it was very complex in my brain because I'm like well in one end I'm it's it's great but then over here it's not and what is all this what does this even mean So from the context of like school, my school experience was really just, I I didn't feel that education was empowering. So school was just kind of like this automated process. Like I'm just here because I'm told to. And that later on made me become like an introvert. So fast forward to like my my high school years, that's when hip hop music became kind of like the the source of, of connection, a source that kind of like spoke to like my experiences that gave articulation to it. And I was just always amazed about how artists were so able to like have these like these social commentaries and these introspective like views on on life and experiences and and then also to have this motivation to like get out of these like dire situations. So so hip hop became kind of like my like education and my schooling to the point where I wanted to start to become an artist myself. So I started writing rhymes in class. That's because I'm bored and and those were kind of where the ideas would come. Like I became introverted. I wasn't one to kind of like speak out and lash out. I was, I internalized a lot, but mm. the creative process was my way of, of channeling that, that, that energy. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity. And that led to my English teacher, Mr. Kulak. So, you know, it's <laughs> important because I remember his name. Um, and he, he actually was walking up and down, the, you know, the aisles and saw me writing. And he was like, oh, you're a poet. And I was like hiding my, my paper. I'm like, no, I'm not a poet. I'm a rapper. And he was like, no, you're, you're writing, you're writing some poems. I'm like, oh, okay. And and then that's when he suggested that I submit my, one of my poems for the uh, Black History Month uh, celebration and the poetry contest. And I never thought of it. I was like, well, okay, sure, why not? And long story short, I submitted something and I won. And I had to perform my piece in front of the whole entire school for, for this uh, Black History Month celebration. And I got like a standing oh. ovation and it was like an encore. And then from there, it built up my self-esteem. And I was like, something, maybe I do have a voice. So it's almost like all of those experiences that that I had previously of just feeling isolated in school, not being represented, not seeing representations of my culture, whether it's through staff, whether it's through curriculum, and just having all these experiences, I put them in, in my in my music or my, my poetry. And I, I had a voice. It gave me a sense of purpose. So like all that wasn't in vain. And then that's really how how that kind of kind of came about. Cool. And then and then from there, I know, because I know you, you started going into schools, which I know I did with my body image 
right so right absolutely so uh, so 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 transitioning from from high school to to the university of toronto that's when i was like really learning more about like socialization about like systemic oppression and all these different ways of how we're all like indoctrinated when i use that word very deliberately because whether it's like from a superiority complex perspective or an inferiority complex like we're all conditioned to like operate in a certain way and these are all inventions they're, they're not real but society operates off of these structures and oftentimes I, I will say that perception defeats reality so things that way that things that are created it's like oh until you realize what the real reality is and they're like oh my gosh and then that's when cognitive dissonance comes in and but anyways um <laughs> Within university, within school, I'm studying sociology and, and a course that was called a Caribbean thought, which really broke down the systems of, of colonialism and imperialism, specifically in the Caribbean, to see like, like how resources are, are taken over and then these systems that are implied. And it really just gave me language. So all this information I was learning at the university level, I started thinking to myself, there's so many of my peers that dropped out of high school that were brilliant, intelligent, but didn't really get the, the the knowledge that was really empowering. It was just like, it just felt like this automated hamster wheel schooling that like, we're learning stuff that how, how do we even apply this? But sociology taught me how to like understand that, okay, instead of judging someone that you see, there's a series of events that take have taken place until you see this like current manifestation. So even just looking at you, I can't judge you just off face value. There's like a series of events that took place to bring you to who you are. And just that mindset alone, creates a, a curious thought that the mindfulness. So, so all of this knowledge that I was getting, I was like, okay, putting this into music and how we got into schools was almost by accident. We did this performance at Metro Hall for this youth leadership graduation and we performed and David Miller, who was the Toronto mayor at the time, this is about 2006 or so, was there and he saw our performance and was so motivated by it, even put on a stone from Africa shirt and was like, your message is great for the youth, wrote us a reference letter. And wow. that same place, we met a teacher who was also um, teaching at, a, at Mark Garneau, a local school in Toronto, and invited us to the school. And we just performed and, and presented some of our findings and stuff that we're learning at university and how that can empower. And the youth were just gravitating towards us. And then we started realizing that, hey, this is the thing. We, we got something here. Now, I never planned to like be an educator in schools, but it was just kind of, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much like the foundation of it. And we've been in schools ever since for like almost like 15 years now. It's kind of crazy to say that out loud. Wow. <laughs> you know, so it's funny that you said, again, I'm relating to it because I, I'm, when you're saying that you never planned it and kind of have my accident, it's that when I started my body image stuff too, when I started going to schools and no one was doing it at the time, it was also around 2007. Okay. And, and, that, and some schools were like, oh, well, we already do bullying stuff. So we don't need you. And then I would get a call. Some, I remember getting a call, especially from a, a vice principal of a school saying, we caught a group of grade eight girls purging at lunchtime. There is a problem. Can we bring you in? But it's and, and the same thing. I would go in and the kids would, oh, they, they would want to continue the conversation. They're starving after. for it. Yeah. So isn't it funny that yeah. the stuff that's in the curriculum is sometimes not saying everything, but there's some stuff that's just missing the mark there. It's not, that's not what they're relating to. And then you have people yeah. who come in with a message that's just, you did it because it's your, your experience. Yes. I did it. It's just my experience. And the right. kids are going, that's what. That's what we yeah, need. But in the yeah. same way, mine was controversial because I had some parents going, you're not thinking about it. So if you start talking about it, it might. And it's like, they are thinking about They're it. All, exactly. Exactly. They're already doing that. And what I realized 
working in, in, in high schools primarily, there's so much focus on academics, but all of these other like social emotional factors are just like, there, there's no space for it. And, and it's crucial. It, it's so like very much needed. I mean, now, nowadays, like the buzzwords are like mental health and right. emotional intelligence and whatnot. But back then it was just kind of like teachers are, 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 are overwhelmed. There's just so much on their plate to even deal with each individual student's needs and whatnot. So the needs for these community agencies or programs to kind of like supplement or, or enhance the school environments, the school culture is so very necessary. But yes, like 2007, like at that time, like they weren't even ready for it. Now, now there, there's, there's movement. There's, there's a little bit more openness to it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I almost think like it would be, it would be helpful if they would at the beginning of the year, go to the classes, give the kids paper and pen, or do, do people use paper and pen anymore? And say, <laughs> but say, what do you want to talk about? What you know, issues are important to you? So it's interesting you say that, right? Because we do a few different like programs in our school. Some of them are more like Afrocentric, like about like black history and whatnot. But then we have like a responsibility program, which is more about like emotional intelligence, self-esteem building and self-advocacy. Those are like the main pillars. And then we also like focus on allowing students to feel seen, heard, understood and supported. So those are like mm. our like foundations. So even when I have a curriculum, and this is always like the challenge, because like the schools will be like, okay, like what do you guys talk about? And I'll give some general topics that typically come up. But I always say like, I don't know what what's going to happen because I have to like meet these youth first and have these this kind of like co-creative type of energy that happens because every school is different. Every youth is different. So so exactly what you said, have a, a paper and pen. That's literally what we do. And we get them to write down the topics that they want. And then that's the buy in because now they feel like they're actually contributing. They're they're focusing on things that are important to them. And then that's really how, how we work the energy. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point that we all just want to be seen and heard. I mean, especially for kids, if you get them feeling like that, like you said at the beginning, that that you have a voice and that people are listening, that is, that's a game changer. I I always think to myself, like, what if my my teacher at that time, like, it could have been a whole different path. It could have been like, you're not paying attention, go to the office. And then I, who knows what could have happened then. But to see that, hold on, there's something here and to inspire. Like, so I always big him up, shout out Mr. Kulak, wherever he is. And um, yeah, like that really just changed the path that that seed. I never knew what was being sprouted just from that intervention, right? So that is pretty amazing. Yeah. He zigged when he could have zagged, and it could have been a whole, a whole absolutely, other thing. absolutely. Were there were there some schools that were hesitant or resistant? For sure, especially program? especially in in the in the earlier years, because again, this is like pre like Black Lives Matter and whatnot. So coming to a school with an organization that that's called Stolen from Africa is like. <laughs> whoa, what, what is this? Because the first thing that comes to mind when people hear it, think of like slavery and, and that's a little touchy subject because it hasn't been fully like resolved. And it's kind of like, we just want to kind of just leave that alone and try to kind of dance around it. But it did provide a lot of, a lot of like questions, but, but the, you know, what I told them, it was really for our organization, it's really about the foundation of, of humanity, recognizing that there are certain gaps in, in our in our collective and how can we bring people together? But in order to bring people together, we have to have understanding. So that means there's a lot that we have to like unpack. And Stolen from Africa is really about like reclaiming and and discovering some of these interruptions to our timeline of like identity, of our culture, of our history, and things of that nature. And what what I what what I've learned through working with schools, um, I mean, well, first of all, like all youth get inspired by the works that, that we do, but it's also inspired 
others to really go into their own genealogy and really to understand their own history and culture. It's like, yeah, like, where does my family come from? We encourage them like, hey, if, you, if you're blessed to still have grandparents around, sit down with them, ask them stories, get, get those things, like figure out like what it was like when they were your age and so on and so forth. Our elders love to tell stories and to, to build that, that type of connections so was really about humanity and connection and understanding. And it's not about divisiveness. Like I think some no, people no. feel like, like, I think, I think that the fear is that if you do that, if we learn too much about history, it's going to divide us where I think, I think it'll actually make us understand each other right. more and probably see that we're a lot more connected. Oh my gosh. That's, that's right? the ultimate. And speaking of connections, so doing workshops with, with youth has evolved us to starting doing workshops with teachers. And we do very similar. We do a version of, of our responsibility program with teachers We're talking about some of like the, the, the social factors that may impact their ability to, to educate. And it's literally parallel to the student's ability to, to be educated, to, to perform, right? Because sometimes when there's things happening within their community, within their home, within their head, how could mm. you focus in class, right? But the difference is, is like, as we are older, we have well, most of us have a little bit more emotional intelligence and we know how to kind of just like finesse and navigate through, through certain spaces. We can put on our mask and just be, okay, game time, I want to work. But, but kids with all the hormones and emotions, they don't have that. It explodes in so many different ways. But it's just really about creating that space for humanity on all sides, understanding. And we realize that the same frustrations that teachers have for students, students have the same frustrations for teachers. But we're all going through the exact same thing. So this is where like empathy and compassion are so critical to like everything that I do. That's like the ultimate bottom line. It's like humanity, empathy, and compassion and find ways to understand with like less judgment. I, yeah. I, I say all the time, it feels like it, it feels like it should be so simple. It really, it, it's, it's like such a cliche of like, just be kind, but. Well, common sense <laughs> isn't, isn't that common, you know, it's. um Yes. But, exactly. but, but we're also like conditioned to be re like reactionary, like where I feel like a lot of us are in this like survivor mindset mm -hmm. and, you know, lower vibrations. So it's like scarcity and whatnot. Right. So we, we have to like, kind of like relearn certain like social skills, especially like, like COVID and these digital spaces and whatnot. Like, yeah, there is a bit of like a resocialization process. So this is why like, I choose to be patient and, and to work with people because I'm like, okay, I, I recognize that there's levels of of consciousness i saw this meme the other day and it was talking about and it basically was saying that you know too much psychology when you can't get mad at people because you understand the reasons for like why they do everything and i'm just like wow yeah that's pretty much where i'm at right now really that's pretty that's pretty that's really i'm like great. i can't even i'm like i can't even get mad like like i get it like i i understand like when i add up the mathematical equation based on your experiences and upbringings and all these different things like i can understand why you act the way you act Okay. 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 I get that. I get that. I, I, I understand but, that you can understand, but I don't, I'm not on. saying I agree. I'm not saying I agree. Let's make that a very clear distinction. I may not okay. agree, but I understand. But you can, and you can't excuse it either though, right? I mean, no, 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 for sure. There, there has to be levels of, of accountability and I, I'm a firm believer in finding ways to like restore integrity and things of that nature and, and how, how to motivate people in that. Right. Because to, to be confronted by things that you have to change where, where people don't feel forced, but they actually want to, they feel like a conviction within their heart that they want to change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right when you say that we are very reactionary then when I think that more will come out of having the attitude that you have. I mean, I was so proud of myself today when somebody, <laughs> wow. so, well, somebody, I don't know, 
on Facebook left a nasty message under one of my posts and I wanted to say something. And instead I just, I just blocked because I thought, okay. what, am I, what, what am I doing? Like I, I could, there's sometimes when I can have a conversation with someone, a little bit of a debate and, and you could come out of it both kind of learning. Something. Right. And then there are times when, you know, you know, they're just being nasty. Right. And I was right. very proud of myself that I right. said, I am not going to, I'm not going to drain myself of, of energy well, and right. just cancel that out. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and and I've seen and I've seen some of your polls before. I love it like your posts, by the way, whether it's <laughs> dancing or like like something that's like really like like advocacy charge or you're advocating. Sometimes I, I think I've seen a couple of posts where like you'll get some of those like nasty messages, but then you turn it into like an educational experience. Yeah, I think that's really what it's all about. Like, how do we like transmute this like negative energy and make it like something positive? So, so there's absolutely. always something that, that we can get out of it. I want to ask you another school question. Yeah. Now, even though you go into different schools, and there's different kids. Do you find that there are certain things that come up often with them? Certain, hmm. just certain things that they're dealing with that common? The, yeah, the, the, the commonality across the board, I would say definitely toxic relationships is like a big topic for sure. Toxic yeah. relationships and relationships in general. So whether it's like dating or family, family dynamics is a big one. Anxiety, um, drugs and alcohol comes up quite quite a bit social media self-esteem is a big one yeah Th those are i would say are like the the main ones that that come up all the time for sure and that gets them the most like excited and charged to, to speak about yeah because it's affecting them right Absolutely. now it's and, and, that and i think what it is like is that they're trying to find ways to like navigate right because a lot of young people they're relying on social media for information or, or, or their peers. And sometimes that's not necessarily the most like sound advice to get, but they, they, they want to, and, and, and they can't go, or at least most of them feel that they can't go to their parents or, or a teaching staff. Supposed to be like, Hey, like I'm struggling with like substance misuse, or I'm, I'm in like an abusive relationship. Like it's kind of difficult to, to build that. But I think for me being like a, a community agency, coming into the board. So I'm, I'm not like part of the system. I'm a whole different category. Yeah. It kind of creates like more of like a warm, welcoming like space where we can unpack this, where, where they feel safe enough to be vulnerable and then to like get whatever supports needed from, from there. Yeah. So when you go in, is it something that you do, you go in and you're there one day? Is it something that you do for a few weeks? How does it, how does it so, work? So what happens is I usually start off with like, kind of like a one-off or a two-off just to kind of like test the waters and, and to get things going. I personally don't like that because you know, we go into the schools, we get the kids excited, then, then we're gone. And then it's right. like, and a lot of the youth that I've been working with have also expressed like notoriously that one of the things that they, they don't like is, is getting close to like an organization or, or people and, and they're sharing a lot of vulnerability and then they're gone. And then, and then somebody else comes in and they got to like recreate that, that relationship and, and, and it ju it's just a lot for them like that, that inconsistency piece. So being consistent is, is, is really important. So, and I think like through the consistency, like that's when, as we like progress by the time we get to like our 10th session, oh man, like the, the energy is well, like worked and people are really going in and, and, and sharing and um, being vulnerable. So it, it's beautiful. And one component that, that we do to really give them a voice is we give like an anonymous option. So we'll have like a, a, a question that we'll pose and for example, we'll say like, maybe like list a, a time where you weren't resilient or a, a time when you reacted negatively to a situation and what was the impact of that? And when they can like express without being judged or being identified, that's where, wow, it's, 
it, it's very magical and sometimes it's very heartbreaking at the same time because now you're getting like the real truth of like the experiences and you can't really identify like who's 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 what but you know within the space but it creates this also like this peer-to-peer support as well because you don't know who it is and then so we would create space to say hey like is there some words of, of encouragement or advice that you would share for this person? And just to kind of like get that energy circulating and it, it, it's beautiful. So it kind of creates this like narrative-based therapy type of energy within the school and, uh, and just more of a closer relationship with the students. Yeah, it's powerful. Is there a way for them to connect with you or the other people that you work with personally? Like, can they yeah, email absolutely. You? I'm, I'm very accessible online. So like, you know, they follow me, you know, on my like Instagrams and, and whatnot and whatever social media and stuff like that. And sometimes they will send me a DM. I mean, sometimes I may not be able to like answer like right away though, but you know, I definitely let them know that, Hey, yeah, shoot me a message and we can figure something out. So, and that, that does happen quite a bit. Yeah. Did you ever hear from parents or hear, or did the school ever tell you they heard from parents and what kind of feedback do you get from them? Yeah. So it, it's interesting you say that. So that's something that we've, we've started um, just like last year was um, connecting more with like the parent council organizations or the, the parent meetings and, and even going to schools during like parent teacher interviews, just to kind of like Ooh, be that, that bridge to, to show them to be like, Hey, like, this is who we are. This is what we do. And then also to give parents some of the insights, like the, the, the data <laughs> that, that, that we, that we, we collect. And, and kind of show them that, hey, like this is, you know, some of the real deal experiences. And I find that a lot of parents, they want to support, but because they're parents and I'm, I'm a parent myself. So I know you kind of get emotional, you want to protect, but sometimes that, that protection creates this prison and it's not helpful. It, it makes them, makes their kids do the exact opposite, makes them want to retreat and whatnot. So me just being a, a parent and just a natural facilitator, I give them certain tools to have to start conversations and just to be a little more mindful. So like if, if you see dishes in the sink, instead of storming into your kid's room and be like, go wash the dishes and whatnot, it, it, they're naturally going to be reactionary. But if you walk into the room and say, hey, I know you're busy, you're in the middle of something, maybe 10 minutes from now, you know, if you, when you're finished wrapping up, then you can go do the dishes and just little, little techniques that just help the flow of energy. So it's not just always like this. And, and the, and the experiences have, have been really, really great. They're, they're really appreciative. So one of my main goals is, is to bring like the, the students and the parents together and with the teachers at the end of the year to bring them all together to be like, hey, look, we all want the same thing. We all want to support each other. We just may not have the tools, resources, or even understanding. And there's the indoctrination that we've all been. So there's a lot of unlearning, but we have that commonality of like trying to work together. So let's let, let's figure something out. I think unlearning is huge because yeah. it's, it's like you said, we're indoctrinated with it. So we don't even realize that we're learning no. it. I think a lot of the time, like we talked about the bandage or the, or the, the crayons, it's right. things that we do, or even looking, oh my gosh, I remember the first time, not that long ago, there was a commercial right. with an interracial couple okay. and people were losing their mind. I'm never buying that cereal again. You know, it's oh like, what? and you don't even, and, and I actually, what I thought was very interesting too, was I saw this thing with like a panel and they showed it to children and, and they're saying, so what do you, people were upset about this commercial. What do you think they were upset about? And the kids are going, is there too much sugar in the cereal? Like they, they couldn't. Yeah, Kids they are didn't. So they, I love it. Right. Oh. It was so amazing. They did. Yeah. They really could not. It, for them, yeah, it, it didn't like, matter if they were black, if they were white, oh. if they were Asian. It didn't matter. They just were like, I don't, I don't understand. So it's such a, it's such an interesting thing. It's just and but then but when that happened, that's when you cut. When I realized, oh my god, there's never been that before. Like the, it didn't even it it, it right. wouldn't bother me. But right. I. 
realize like you don't realize how every single television show commercial oh and everything it was all so it's it's that kind of thing where it's not even that it's it's thrown out acid it's forced and it's the norm it was just the way it is yeah. and i well, think people have are uncomfortable with change even though it's like it was so wrong like yeah well I, go yeah i i love the fact that you you brought up like television and commercials and whatnot because that was like a that that's like such a a very strong propaganda machine because like like when we look at the old programs from like the 40s 50s and 60s there's a lot of like racist propaganda infused in literally everything from like Bugs Bunny cartoons and whatnot so this is what I mean by the indoctrination or even just like representations of, of what it means to be black to be African-Canadian African-American in a North American context and the images of that so if you're like just young white girl, white boy, just raised in whatever community and your only connection to like black culture is through these images, you know, like the Disney cartoons of like the African savages and just like looking all scary and like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, it's, it, it's, it's very real and it's done in such like subtle ways. And this is what we talk about when it comes to like systemic racism, you know, mm -hmm. it's woven into the fabrics of culture, tradition and identity. So, so when, 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 when we start talking against it, the way the indoctrination responds to it is that they're hearing an attack on their culture, tradition, and identity, not these concepts, you know, these, these inventions of, of racist ideology, but it's like everything you, you've, you've grown to, to see as normal, as true now is being challenged. That's a lot. Exactly. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And they take it personally, but I think what's they, also yeah. interesting is they also, they also don't realize the impact. So. Somebody that, might yes. look at it and say, it's just a crayon. It's just right, right. a camera. Who cares? It's just a cartoon. Right. And, and if you're looking at it like that, yes, it's just a crayon. But oh my God, you're telling a kid who isn't peach color that there's exactly. that they don't have, how is that? How do I draw myself? Like, what do I, right. what is that? So it, so it has yeah. a, a much bigger impact. But unless it's your life, that's what we were saying at the beginning, unless you're living yeah. it, yeah, it's not. Exactly. It's, it's the same as I, you, if you look back at some of the old, old, old newspaper magazine ads for with women and men. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right? It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's just, it, it really oh, is. It's, it's very. It's like it's really abusive. A lot of the, the way that the women are. Yeah. Are, I, I saw one. I remember. I'll never forget one. It was a. It was a picture of a woman cleaning the windows, and it was like, keep your weight down while you keep your housework up, and it was like some diet thing, and you're like, what is that? But there's so, but at the time, right. at the time, yeah, I guess yeah. it was normal. But you look back yeah. now, and now they wouldn't allow it. It's the same no. thing now because we know better. Right. We're supposed right. to do better. And if right. somebody has an issue with that, that's when I would kind of go, well, why? If it's not such a big deal, then why do you care that it's changing? It's mm -hmm. not taking away from you. I remember yeah. when things were coming up with Dr. Seuss and all this stuff, and yeah. people were like, "It's my yeah. childhood." Right. No, it's not. Right. Like, no, yes. it's not. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's not well. Well, as, as human beings, we we don't we're like change is very uncomfortable on um, every aspect, no matter like from a micro to macro level. Like we we don't we, we don't like change, but it's it's one of the only constants. It, it's going to happen, so we yeah. got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely, and <laughs> also to realize that it there's a there are levels of, of there's levels there's yeah, levels there of discomfort, and there's it is when it comes to things like racism, yeah, or any kind of ism or phobia yeah, yeah, yeah. or. It, it, it comes down to, is my discomfort worse than that person's 
the, having that person's life right. in danger. I mean, right. that's, that's really, I like that. That's, that's the thing. Word. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I'm, if I'm uncomfortable, but it makes someone else safe, like that, what, how do you even, how do you even you compare go. that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, this is the, the version of reality that I'm striving to create where we're thinking more consciously of these, of these topics. And, you know, as this old saying goes, like, you got to be the change you want to see. So every time I show up as my authentic self and, and speaking out, same thing with you, you speaking out, there's somebody who's watching, who's going to be like, I can speak out too. I do have something to say. I can make a change. And, and I think we also got to realize that like advocacy doesn't have to be these like grand experiences. It could just literally just start with your like family, your partner, your, your kids, yeah. like just having the conversation or asking the question, doing the research. It doesn't have to be these big things. Like you don't always have to be at the, the, the protest marching with the picket signs. Right. It really just starts with changing your, or being open to it, to be, to, to realize that, Hey, I may not know everything. So I'm just going to have this like childlike curiosity and just be inquisitive. I'm curious. I want to know. I want to understand. So. Right. And also not feel bad. And if, not, yeah. Because of what you did in the past. Like that's the kind of thing. Like if somebody says, well, you shouldn't have whatever it's, or you know better now, it's kind of like, oh shit, I don't want to. It's okay to have done the wrong thing before because you didn't realize it was the wrong that's thing. That's like a, a super powerful thing. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes I think what people are afraid of, if they admit that, oh, wait, I guess that was kind of racist, then they feel like, oh, but if I admit that, then that means that I did a racist thing. That's okay. Yeah, because you yeah, didn't you yeah. didn't know, nobody knew. Yeah. Now you know, you learn from it. Don't don't keep that. Don't yeah, let it keep it's, you it's from evolving. It's vulnerability. Right. And and I realize that we gotta strive to create more spaces where people can feel comfortable being vulnerable because that that's where like the real authenticity comes about that's where the real connections come about and something i always say to like people in that kind of category is like experiences are not our identity but they're just like part of our journey because sometimes like we do things and that's like the idea of like shame like that that there's something inherently wrong with me it's like no like that is something that that happened okay now we know better and we're going to move forward from that and that just becomes like the the narrative and that's actually a, a very empowering thing to say for those who are still stuck in that loop to be like hey like yeah, I did do some racist actions or homophobic or sexist or, or whatnot. And this is what I've learned. And I'm saying this so that those who are in that space now can now come forward and, and evolve with me as well. Right. So I think it, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We right. want yeah, yeah, people yeah, sure. to have changed. Of course, for somebody sure, could have thought sure. something 10 years ago and they've learned. And so don't punish them for what they didn't know yeah. then. Yeah. As exactly. long as now, because we yeah. want yeah. that. We want yeah. people to keep to keep learning. And like I said, Absolutely. the only way to be an ally to anything is to just to learn, to realize that you don't know. That's it. A lot. That's it. I, and there's, I and there's, there's no shame in that, right? There isn't, there isn't. But sometimes the way our condition is to, to shame and we got to get out of that indoctrination. Like I'm wrong. You're right. Like let's just strive to, to understand and, and, and find that, that balance. Like we all are from this hu like human perspective, we all are contributing to this larger story. So we, we need all the voices. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and just because somebody is also saying this hurts me, it's not it's not the same as saying you were hurting me. So I think what happens is people people personalize it and think oh, if a certain group yes. of people are saying that that this isn't good for me, all of a sudden people go, well, I'm not doing that. It's not me, and I don't want. It's very defensive instead of okay. So what can we do better? Right. There, we we are, but it's like you said, we're very reactionary, but we're yeah, all very defensive, yeah. and it's it that's such a shame because that's not. Yeah. It goes yeah. back to the empathy. It's just 
no, just listen. Nobody's blaming you, but we're just saying this is how I'm, this is the impact it's having. This is how I'm feeling. Something needs to change. And it's not, the change isn't going to negatively impact you. That's the thing. It won't, it's just going to be changed and you'll get used to it. It it won't hurt you to learn what I'm going through. Mm. Your experience will not be painted because you're learning my experience. Exactly. Nobody's taking exactly. away from your experience yeah. to learn more of somebody else's. I love it. That's it. That's it. And we got to continue to be in that, that example because there's so much energy that's going in the opposite direction. And we just got to remember that, hey, like we're, we're, we're all human beings. We all go through stuff and let's just strive to be kind. That's, that, that's really what it is. So what are you focusing on right now? Is it the school stuff? Is it something? Yeah, like right. I mean, I'm, I'm building on so many different um, things. I'm just a creative in, in general. So I, I do like interviews with like artists. I have like podcasts. So I, I do like- What's your you podcast? Mind, what video called? Is it? Uh, the podcast is called, yeah, the podcast is called Reason With Logic. So you can find that on all stream platforms. I'm going to be releasing a few more episodes. I got some in the archives. And yeah, like I just having all kinds of conversations. But yeah, like working within the schools, I've been doing a lot of work with like the students, but now I'm like looking to work with more teachers. And then in general, just like people who like work with the public. Also, I'm looking at like the city of Toronto and people who just interact with people and how can we be more mindful? How do we like be mindful of our our energy and our our perceptions, our own ignorances, our biases, and and how can we just kind of like work more collaboratively? So those are some of the main things that I'm I'm focused on right now. Yeah. All right. And how's the, tell people how to reach you. Yeah, well, there's many ways to reach me. I guess the easiest on social media can find me at Logic416. So that's L-O-G-I-K 416, Logic with a K. And my personal website is neildonaldson.com. And you can also look at uh, stolenfromafrica.com as well. So, Well, thanks so much for talking to me. I feel like we've known each other for a long time on social Absolutely. media. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm a but huge now, fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. It's so great. No, I really, it, it's so great. And, and like I said at the beginning, I really think that I agree with you. It's all about conversation. Conversation brings understanding. And that's it. That's key. So I'm super grateful that you took the time yes. to speak with us. And thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Yes.